Like the first person might not be the right one. Second person might be the right one, but not in your pay, you know, <laughs> and like availability. <laughs> but if you keep looking, there will be that therapist out there for you. Okay. Welcome to Brunch with Pals. I'm Zakia. And I'm Abby. And today um, we have a special guest, a very special guest on the show. Um, so we have Miss Asha Brown. Hey. Um, <laughs> yes. And um, we invited Asha on the show. She's going to tell you all a little bit about herself. Um, but we know her. We're all from the same little city so we know her from way back and we thought that we thought that she would be a great uh, a great uh, guest on the show for today for the topic for today so Asha if you want to Go ahead. Hey, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Um, I think it's really dope that y'all are pulling this together. So I'm excited to see what um, y'all have in store just moving forward. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. And a little bit about myself. So thank you for the intro. My name is Asha Brown. I'm a licensed clinical social worker currently based in Maryland. As you said, we come from those same same little area same little town Mm -hmm. um but I was actually born in Detroit family kind of moved around a bit and I was raised in Champaign-Urbana so um I'm I always felt like a little bit of an outsider just a little Uh bit but I think that that partially led me into social work and helping people just learn how to deal with the things around them learn coping skills and just better understand themselves so that they can empower themselves to kind of go out and achieve their goals. So it's a little bit about myself um, and what I do, but I have been working with people since 2016 and I'm still doing it. So here we are. Yes. Okay. So we're just going to get right on into it. Um, so today's episode, um, a part of the PAL who has, um, who struggles with their mental health series, um, we're going to be talking about therapy um, and how, um, you know, people can go about getting uh, help from a mental health professional, um, whether it be therapy, counseling, whatever. Um, and so we're going to have uh, an expert answer those <laughs> questions. <laughs> And so we're just going to get right into it. Um, okay. So the first question I want to know is how would one know, you know, okay, I need some, I need some therapy. Like I need some, mm. some help outside of myself. Um, yeah. What would you say is like the signs or whatever? Yeah. yeah well, really, I mean, everybody, I like to believe that everybody kind of is the expert on themselves. So I would pay attention Mm -hmm. to if you're noticing any differences in how you're interacting with folks, if you notice any like disturbances within yourself, maybe you're more irritable, maybe your eating habits change, maybe you just want to be alone and that's not like you or, you know, you find yourself, you know, just maybe feeling tired or uh, you know burnt out and just something you you don't feel good I would say that's usually your number one sign that hey maybe I need to look into this more and you know it might be going to like an actual physical doctor and it also might look like going to or start starting to seek like mental health therapy so just anytime you notice yourself deviating from any of your normal patterns I would say is a good time to start asking yourself some questions like what's up with me what's going on right right and I know I like to think that everybody needs therapy no matter you know how healthy you think you are how uh, you know normal mm-hmm. quote unquote you think that you are I think everyone can benefit from therapy absolutely um, so you know we know since we just said that since you just said that 
the people who are okay so say they're not you know they went through that process and they think okay okay maybe I do need therapy um where do you think a person should start um if they you know want to start yeah. seeking out um help from mental health mental health there uh, yeah yeah no absolutely so once you realize that something's up or you know something might be going on with you where you might need a little additional support guidance information I would say asking yourself what that thing is is it stress at work is it something going on with your family is it something you're struggling with processing and just kind of having a general idea of what it is you even need help with because that's going to help you find the right kind of provider clinician for yourself um I would say the next things to kind of think about is one if you have insurance so oftentimes um it's actually really difficult part of the reason why it is so hard for people to get um, access to care is because they don't have a job that either provides them with insurance or they're not able to afford private pay insurance. And so the question is, how are you going to pay for it? Um, right. so, <laughs> which I know we're going to get into a little <laughs> bit later, but if you have insurance, I would say going to your insurance site, usually um, insurance providers will have an option on their website that'll say like, hey, find a provider here. You can filter out whatever you know um, aspects you want like if you need help with depression anxiety stress management life transitions mm-hmm. maybe it's trauma addictions whatever it is you can kind of filter it out which I think is a benefit of finding care providers in 2022 you know in the age of technology mm-hmm. is it can be really easy um sometimes or if you don't have um you know, insurance that might make it more affordable, um, still look at what you need, but then you might want to look into something like life coaching or counseling, or maybe there, depending on the severity, maybe there's like self-help books or something that you might be able to self-educate yourself on what's going on and what you're experiencing to see if you can find some, um, basically tools that way, depending on what it, whatever it is that you're navigating. But the first step is knowing what's going on and then kind of researching what your next steps could be in terms of providers or just information. Okay. So with that, can you explain the difference between like, a counselor and a therapist or counseling and therapy mm-hmm. um, and psychiatry. Yes. And yes. Yes. So this is so good. Um, and I appreciated the question. So therapy and counseling, they're very, very similar. I would say mm-hmm. that the main difference is counseling typically can be more like coaching where it's more solution focused mm-hmm. on a specific problem And it's usually a little bit more shorter term, whereas therapy can be years long where you're really diving into like psychodynamics, which is a fancy way of just getting into the nitty gritty of who you are and where you come from. Those questions that we always think about, like, so when you were five, you know what I'm saying? Right, (laughs) right. really doing some deep deep introspective work there yes exactly and that can take a while so that's that's really where you get to the therapy versus like a counselor or coaching both have benefits but it's really just once again based on what do you need and that's where that first question of like in moment of asking yourself so important because there's cost differences too, which, you know, if you're really trying to figure out how to get bang for your buck, knowing what you want can really help you in that regard. Um, For psychiatry, that's when you start getting into who can prescribe you medications. Um, You can get diagnoses from therapists and psychologists, but once you get into like prescribing psychotropic meds, whether that's antidepressants or, you know, there's a lot of words for it. And I don't want to mm-hmm. you know, stress nobody mm-hmm. out, but, <laughs> you know, that's when you that's when you want to go to a psychiatrist where they can prescribe you that you get a script and take that into your local pharmacy or or wherever you get your medications. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. OK, so. 
now that we're at the process, okay, maybe I need counseling or maybe I need therapy. Since we're talking about, you know, this from a black person's perspective Mm -hmm. or person of color perspective, some people may not feel comfortable talking to someone who's not black or a person of color. Are there ways that they can go about finding a specific, you know, a black um, mental health professional or a person of color mental health professional? Um, and if so, what what are some things that they can do to kind of weed out who they, you know, yeah. they really want, seek out who they really want? Yeah, well, this is actually, you know, part of the reason why I also came into this field just because I feel like we're underrepresented um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I also know that there's a lot of stigma when it comes to seeking help. You know, yeah. we have to... I know even, you know, I I hate, I know, I hope my mom's not going to listen to this, but even with two (laughs) parents that have, I have two parents that are mental health professionals. Both of them have their PhDs. And even growing up for me, I was told Mm -hmm. like, depression is a white, white person. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Stop acting white. Right. Exactly. Like, we don't do that. What are you talking Mm -hmm. about? Like, Mm -hmm. you need help. You're sad. Like, what you got to be sad about? you know or give it to god have i don't know if y'all heard that a lot and like that was while i understand now in retrospect that that was you know my parents way of trying to support me Mm -hmm. i I needed more i i that wasn't what i needed like and it was really hard for me to actually accept the help that was being offered to me at a certain point Um, because of some of that and so I think before I even get into you know the resources I would say to black folks and people of color just like you said it's okay to get help it's it's Mm -hmm. actually necessary and it can be very very helpful to have someone who's not tied to anything like no doesn't know anybody in your life and is literally just there for you to talk mm-hmm. about what it is that you need help with and that yeah. they're there. Hopefully if they're a good therapist, and I know we're going to talk about that later too, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they hold that space for you and allow you to be authentically who you are so that you can really get to the root of whatever it is that you need help with. So it's okay. It's necessary. It's just having a, a professional in your back pocket to kind of shoot ideas off of, you know, talk through things. It's really, really useful in that sense. Now, in terms of, you know, how to seek care, um, once again, being in this age of technology, it's a lot easier than I think it ever has been. You have websites like Therapy for Black Girls. Um, There's uh, one that I researched that's blackmenheal.org that provides care for um, specifically Black men. But I saw that they had some scholarships or opportunities for you to also have maybe free therapy when you first start. So I would encourage Mm. people to check that out. Um, They also have different, you know, other intersections of self, like, you know, if you don't identify as straight, if you're part of the LGBTQIA community or you identify as trans specifically, um, they have um, therapy for queer people of color um, dot com. So it's therapy for QPOC dot com, I believe. Um, So like. You literally can Google therapy for black people. Uh, right. <laughs> and come in therapy for black people in the Dallas, Texas. Exactly. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll find something. That's all you and, and it can be hard once again once you put in that piece of insurance, but psychologytoday.com you can also filter out the kind of care that you want I know me personally I've only wanted to work with black femmes not to say that nobody else can help me but I needed someone who understood my experience or at least was willing to hear my experience as a black queer femme living in this country like I didn't want to spend the time educating even my own therapist about those things so you it's it's like anything else in this world all you need to do is search for it and you will find it and it can take a little diligence right sorting through your options but keeping an open mind that there's someone else out there for you kind of like goldilocks that's how i look at it like the first person might not be the right one second person might be the right one but not in your pay 
you know, <laughs> and like availability. <laughs> but if you keep looking, there will be that therapist out there for you. Okay. I like that. I like that. Kind of like the Goldilocks thing. I like that. Hmm, that's nice. Okay. <laughs> so since we are, you know, going into the, the Goldilocks thing, you know, this one person may not be good. This person's, uh, they all right. <laughs> but then the last person is like, okay, that's the one. That's the mm-hmm. one. So what would you say are some characteristics of a quote unquote good therapist? Um, just in general, you know, of course, you know, it's going to be individualized, right. um, but just overall a good therapist, like no. what are, you know, for someone searching, like, how would I know this person is good? A good mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like that you said it definitely is individualized, right? Because everybody does like we just respond differently to different things um, and that's really important to remember I would say overall someone who listens and is respectful of you you know mm-hmm. someone who really takes the time to hear what you're saying that you're dealing with and that you need um, a lot of times what I found in even working in this field is you have people who just swear they know everything right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, just like that they just know exactly what you need. And I'm like, bro, you you barely spent, what, two hours with me? <laughs> like, how can you tell me what exactly. I need when you haven't even taken the time to speak with me? Mm-hmm. And so someone who listens and is respectful of your story, of your time, of your space, someone who's invested in your growth, I would say, mm. as well. You know, um, oftentimes I get people, not not my clients, but other people (laughs) (laughs) who will tell me things like, you know, my therapist will just sit and let me vent for 45 minutes to an hour and they never give me any feedback. Yes, I, I had that. I had that experience my first time going to therapy and I'm like, you know what, this this. This ain't it. Yeah. How did it make you feel, if I can ask you? I mean, I just felt like I was, I mean, that I was talking to myself. Like, you know, like I was Mm. working out my own problems, which I can do anyway. Right. You know, my reason for going to therapy, I know this is kind of getting off subject, but my reason for (laughs) going to therapy (laughs) was to like kind of get a different perspective. Um, Someone outside of my friends or, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who didn't know me, just to make sure, like, I'm a person that, um, I want everything has to make sense mm-hmm. so it was kind of like I want to make sure that I'm on the right path to the problem I'm trying to solve and it yeah. was just like talking to a wall I mean it was like okay what, what am I here for mm-hmm. so you know I cut that short real quick like it, it's not gonna work yeah but yeah exactly and it's like you know some people might need that space right some people just really might need someone who's just gonna not talk and just listen for that mm-hmm. hour and there might even be some weeks where you need that but a lot right. of times people are going to a professional because they want professional professional <laughs> exactly <laughs> I don't want to be the professional right now exactly <laughs> exactly and so I mean it really is I think a good therapist is also going to challenge their client that's how mm-hmm. I operate and I do it with love, you know, I, I do it with care, you know, but it's it's also like, hey, do you want someone who's going to continue seeing these behaviors that are clearly not serving you? Like, mm-hmm. are, are you going to want someone who's going to just be real with you? And so that's how I approach therapy. I think that that's important, but it's it's really up to every individual to check and see, like, do I need someone who's going to be more firm or do I need someone who's going to maybe be a little bit more passive because I struggle with that? Or do mm-hmm. I need someone who is more of a, like a psychoanalytic is going to ask me more about my history or do I want something more short-term solution focused? Like you have a specific problem that you want to work through. And I think coming into your search with that knowledge is going to help you better kind of filter out who the right professional is for you. Cause you're going to notice it quickly. Yes. Yes. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, <clears throat> so I know we touched on this a little bit um, about cost. Um, what would you say? And I know, of, of course, we know every everybody is different. But what would you say, you know, for someone looking, what's an average cost yeah. for um, therapy? Um, 
And then I know you mentioned um, insurance as well, but can you talk a little bit about the cost? Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I feel like cost is one of the greatest barriers for people accessing care. Um mm-hmm it turns it into some something that's a necessity into like a luxury, which mm. I think is, um, I mean, harmful. <laughs> Obviously, because right. like we just said, everybody could use therapy. And I think we, you know, we see a lot of online arguments about that, like we'll make therapy free. And, you know, as a provider, there's always a way where I'm like, oh, I still need to get paid. But I do think it needs to be more affordable. So what I see is on average without insurance, I mean, it can be anywhere from $60 an hour to $250 an hour. So there's a huge, huge gap in cost. And that really just is up to the um, provider's discretion. Because when you're private pay and like people are giving you money outside of insurance, like that is just a hundred percent up to you to decide how much you want your hourly rate to be. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can find care providers that offer what's called sliding scale options. Mm-hmm. And so if you come to them and you send them an email and you're like, Hey, I'm really needing care and money is a concern for me. Do you offer sliding scale? Sometimes, you know, provider will then let you know what options or packages they may have um, for individuals with your circumstance. Um, I would say a lot of people don't know that they can even ask questions like that, Um, but you definitely can. So I I just want to make sure people know that, like, you never know until you ask, because a lot of providers are only going to say their top dollar you know, just as, you know, and I can, I can have empathy for that, especially as a care yeah. provider, you know, because it does, you know, this is a service that, you know, beyond the training, it, there's a lot of emotional labor that comes with therapy. And so yeah. I, I do honor that. And, you know, me personally, once again, the people who are in most need aren't going to have hundred and fifty even dollars for an hour of therapy. That's money that needs to either go to bills or or gas or shit gas. <laughs> right now I'm thinking right. about it. Okay. <laughs> or you know food or you know something else that makes them feel good when they haven't seen therapy being proven to them likely in their lives as as something that can actually help them. So it's an investment. You know, and so I do understand the cost, but it it can definitely be pricey. I always recommend people ask about sliding scale. You might Mm -hmm. even find organizations that offer, you know, like I mentioned with the Black Men Heal, might offer scholarships or, um, you know, some kind of aid assistance um, in that regard. So that, once again, comes with some research. There might be some local agencies in your community that also provide um, kind of special financing options for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you have insurance, um, it can make it a lot more affordable, depending Mm -hmm. on your um, quality of insurance. Um, I know copays that have been as low as $10 per session up to like $50 oh, wow. per session. So um, if you are, you know, have the privilege and to have a job that provides insurance or you're able to, you know, kind of afford that on your own, I would definitely recommend seeing what providers are covered under your specific insurance because it can make it a lot more afford- affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something I just want to add really quick is a lot of people don't know, you know, or they can ask their jobs um, if they have EAP services mm-hmm. um, because, well, EAP stands for, what is it? Uh, let me, don't give me the lion. Employee <laughs> something. But, <laughs> employee something program. It's an but, employee uh, assistant program. <laughs> oh, there you go. Employee assistant. <laughs> <But>, you had it. <laughs> I know it's something for the employees. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Shoot. Uh, but they can ask, you know, go to HR, whatever, and say, you know, do we have EAP services? 
and a lot of times they have have mm-hmm. um, you know therapy or counseling or whatever, and that is usually for it's usually it's free. Um, I know, like I know for myself, a, a past job that I had, we had the EAP services, and it was free for like six. I think you have six free sessions per issue that you're mm-hmm. having. But if you, you know, you can get a little ways around it. It's like, you know, okay, I'm having an issue. Okay, I want to talk about my breakup. And then the next time you'll be like, okay, I want to talk about what happened in my childhood. You know what I'm saying? So you can, <laughs> you know, work the system a little bit. You know, yeah. The system. And your job is paying for it. So, you know, yeah. you're not coming out of any pocket, out of your pocket at all. The therapist is getting paid and yeah. you're getting services. So, yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. EAPs, definitely. That's with your HR department. So definitely Mm -hmm. just shooting off an email, asking what services are there. You might already have it in your, you know, onboarding information. So maybe just taking a a quick look through that if you still got the paperwork. Right, right. So, but yes, that's a really great point. And I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, Asha. So, well, first, I want to apologize. Um, the house next door to me is remodeling. So if you guys hear any construction, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> but I did want to ask, so for somebody who is trying to seek out help with their mental health, um, and say, for example, I've been really lucky with the therapists and counselors that I've seen where I haven't had to constantly advocate for myself Mm. I can just say something one time and they're like okay we got it like understood but for somebody who's struggling with that and maybe doesn't feel like they're being heard by their therapist or their counselor or their psychiatrist how should someone advocate for themselves and also when does someone say okay this is enough you're not listening to me it's time for me to find somebody else yeah um well one I'm really glad that you haven't had this issue just because it is so prevalent I feel especially when you're in a marginalized population they tend not to listen to us as much um and so this can be really difficult because not only are you in there to get help on the thing that was already you know you already were struggling with now you have this added weight of like once again it's like dang this person who's here is supposed to help me like I'm now it's stressing more. me out more. exactly exactly <laughs> and so you know I just one I want to acknowledge that for people because oftentimes we can leave those sessions feeling gaslit tend to say things like you know well you know based on my experience and you know this is my understanding of it and so I just want to make sure people understand that these professionals are just human you know first and foremost they're just human they have an opinion yes they might have you know experience in their field and there's no way they can know absolutely everything about everything and so once again you know yourself better than anyone else at least that's the whole point of therapy right that you are the expert of your life you've walked as many years as you've walked no one else could tell you more about yourself than you can tell yourself truthfully Mm -hmm. so I just want to preface with that second of all I would say coming into that meeting appointment with a clear understanding of what the issue is of, you know, when I said this last week um, and you responded X, Y, way, it made me feel like you weren't listening. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I have come to you, you know, these last several weeks about a medication issue and how it's making me feel. And you've told me to wait. I've waited the lot of time that you've given me. I would like to revisit medications, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I so, think the medication one is really important mm-hmm. because the medication will, it truly does affect your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Like if you are on that medication that is not correct for you, it's really important that you tell your care specialist as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because that can lead to some really dangerous side effects. Yes, absolutely. And as soon as possible, as soon as you notice anything's weird, just mention it so it can be documented. 
And every time, I don't care if it's still the same. <clears throat> oh, damn. Did it cut out again? I think so. Got the hell. <laughs> okay, now you're back. I think what's yeah. happening, my um phone, like when it goes dark, I guess. I haven't been touching oh, my screen enough. Oh, that makes sense. See, okay. hold on a second. This okay. We can cut all this out. Yeah. <laughs> so we can cut I all think... of this out. <laughs> okay. So I think what I was saying is um, basically make sure that you're going in every single time, even if it feels like you're a broken record at that point, and say what's going on and what you're experiencing, so it can there can be a written like documentation trail. That when you do go back and you feel like you've given it the time that you were originally quoted, you can say, okay, well, for the last several weeks, I've said X, Y, and Z to you about my side Mm -hmm. effects. This is not worth it for me. What are my other options? Because there are a lot of medications out there. Mm -hmm. There are lots. And it's their job to present that information to you if if, if they are being your care provider, right? Like, you're a consumer. You have that right. Absolutely. And so making sure that it's documented. um, And if they refuse still, then I know that people have seen this online. And I think it's such an important thing to remember. Have them write their reasoning for their refusal. Chart it. Chart it. Put it in the chart. Put it in the chart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because then it's like, okay, well, if there are issues down the line, I know at the very least I have documentation and you are not going to continue to gaslight me saying that I didn't ask for the care that I know that I advocated for. And if it's still issues, honestly, for me, that's all that me having to do all that is already too much. (laughs) If I'm being honest. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm like, okay, after the third time, if I've addressed an issue and I've given you one to two appointments, meetings to try to talk to me about that or work through that to a point where I feel satisfied, I'm looking for another care provider. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that's yeah. my right. And it doesn't Absolutely. have to be. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a, a big thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, oh, well, you you wasn't helping me. Um, it doesn't have to be all that. It's just like, you know what? Unfortunately, I'm going to seek services elsewhere. You know, I wish you the best and move on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it takes, yeah, it definitely takes a lot of bravery. Like, do not be afraid to dump your doctor if mm-hmm. they're not the right one for you. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you have to really use your voice and say, like, this is, I'm not going to stand for this. Yeah. I deserve better. Ooh, mm-hmm. I feel that. Yes. <laughs> Because you do, and you're you paying do. these people. You really do. I mean, mm-hmm. especially because it takes a lot of, I think, bravery and strength and self-awareness to even get you to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to go to this appointment. I recognize mm-hmm. that I have an issue. And then to go to the appointment and be met with a lot of pushback or barriers, you know, you got to know when to say, like a lot of things in life, enough is enough. I'm mm-hmm. not dealing with this. You know, mm-hmm. especially when your mental health is involved because yes. it's so delicate and it's so precious. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta say, mm-hmm. you gotta say it's enough. Yeah. And honestly, people don't talk about it enough, especially in my field, but we can do way more damage than I think a lot of other care providers like to admit. Like, if we mm-hmm. are not being, um, you know, a lot of the time people use terms like cultural competency, whereas I've heard it termed as cultural humility, where you're mm-hmm. really willing to really understand that you are not you're not the only expert here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you can also learn you can go back because science is is an experiment, all of it. Medications mm-hmm. are experimentation, mm-hmm. all of it. Therapy it's about trying different interventions and trying different ways and perspectives of going about a problem. And that mm-hmm. means that there's always a chance that something was missed or there's a different way to go about it. And if you don't have a care provider that's willing to take a step back and do that work for you, just know that you deserve better. So I really love that point that you, you made. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yes. I think so don't think you're just stuck. Don't think you just, you know, okay, I got a therapist. I guess I got to stick it nope. out. That's not I, the case. No, absolutely nope. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I could say I've definitely fired at least two therapists. So yes. I'm a therapist. <laughs> and, you know, I've been really, <laughs> like I said, you know, very lucky with the therapist that I had, well, psychiatrist that I had, who unfortunately is no longer my psychiatrist and not by my choice, but he left to, I don't know, future further endeavors. And mm. so Girl, I thought you was about to say he died. I was oh my God, my no. Talk. I don't know why I thought, I was just expecting you to say, unfortunately. No, <laughs> no. But I mean, he was, he was amazing. You know, I got referred to him by my primary who my primary, bless her heart, you know, she started me on a low dose. And Zakia, you were there for, well, you weren't there at the appointment, but you were there for this phase. Yeah. She started me on a low dose of Prozac. It was horrible. It's mm. just terrible side effects. It was not good. Mm. And then I saw my psychiatrist and I was like, look, this is not working for me. This medication is not working. We have to do something different. And I think I spent probably two hours with him. Mm. I mean, asking me just so many questions and asking the same questions in different ways. And then finally, he was like, mm. okay, the Prozac, you, you should have never been prescribed that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you this and this and let's see how that works. And it's been, I would say, oh, gosh, what this summer, it'll be a year. And it's worked great. And, oh, wow. Um, I got really, really lucky with him when I went. And this kind of goes back to how do you seek out the correct mm-hmm. medical professional. I told my insurance company, you need to find me a doctor who is either a woman and a person of color. I'll even take a man that's a person of color. Do not <laughs> give me some 75-year-old white man or woman that cannot even fathom what it's Ooh. like. To be a queer woman in this mm. world that is not white, mm-hmm. like, don't assign me. Dude, please do not. Just mm-hmm. don't. And so I got, you know, really lucky. I did. And my psychiatrist was amazing. And actually this month, I have a meeting with my new psychiatrist that they have given me. And so, you know, just mentally preparing for that, you know, is 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 like a job in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you go into the appointment nervous because it's like you're meeting this person for the first time. Are they going to understand me? Are they going to try to change my medications? Are, mm-hmm. you know, so I think it's really important before I go into any appointment, I'm taking notes. I know mm-hmm. things that I need to ask, questions that I want answers to, things that have come up since my last appointment. So I think... A lot of it is, yeah, it's just prepping and planning and making sure that, you know, you are getting out everything that you need to get out in that appointment because, yes, it's their time, but that's your time. Yes. And I think that's important for people to realize, like, yes, they're your doctor and that's their job, but that's your time. You don't let them run the show because it's Mm -hmm. your life. Ooh. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And, and it's like, in, and I love that you shared that experience because it really outlines that they are there for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that, like you are their priority. Like the, him asking all those questions while I know it can be annoying and nerve wracking to go yes. through that process. Like that was him really trying to understand the problem mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. what you needed because mismanagement of medications is another reason why people don't continue with their care because they get slapped with the medication maybe that the psychiatrist probably gives to damn near all his clients that's just my you know this is my personal mm-hmm. <laughs> feelings coming out I've been seeing a lot of different mm-hmm. areas of care and it's like you haven't even taken time to ask these questions to know if you're giving the right medication. If you give an antidepressant to someone that has bipolar, you're mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. activate them more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that is exactly <laughs> what happened for me. I, I, I wasn't going to say it, exactly but I almost. <laughs> but no, but I mean, yeah, we can talk about it. Yes, she prescribed me. 
Prozac because she thought, okay, you're just dealing with depression. Well, no, it just, I mean, it took my bipolar to it made new, you worse. new levels, yeah. new heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, yes. And so, you know, and I went to see my psychiatrist and he was like, there is no, I have no doubt in my mind you're depressed, but we need to deal with this other piece of it too, because you have bipolar too, my dear. And so mm-hmm. we got to, we have to treat both aspects of that, not just the depression. Mm-hmm. and so that was just like so I mean and we talked about it on the first episode but even when I was telling Zakia about it after my appointment I mean it was just like minds like just like shocked like of course wow this makes so much sense yeah I get mm-hmm. it now yeah. <sighs> and that's why it's also important to have care providers that can like speak to you in your own language with your own like Because a lot of times they use all the fancy, like, you know, therapeutic terminology. It's like, no, no, no. Like, people don't don't, know what the hell that means. What are you talking (laughs) about? Exactly. And just breaking things down in a way that the the common people, quote unquote, can Mm -hmm. understand, I think. Yeah. Layman's terms. (laughs) Yes. Layman's terms. Just, like, break it down for me, please. Because... You could be right, doctor. You could have all the right knowledge, but if you can't communicate that, yes, it yes. means nothing. Your doctor mm-hmm. needs to meet you on your level, your mm-hmm. level of communication for sure. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. So another question, Asha, that I have for you is so kind of to pivot, okay, away from self, more towards our loved ones, our friends, the people we care about. Mm-hmm. And they're showing signs of, okay, they might need some help. How do we encourage our loved ones and our friends to seek help? Mm. This one's hard. It's really hard because, like, my brain immediately goes from, like, a legality perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, there is, it's really hard to get people care in this, like, field, even if they want the care. Mm-hmm. So if they don't want the care, mm-hmm. it adds a whole different layer that mm-hmm. that makes it really difficult. And I would say, um, it depends on the level of severity of whatever it is that they're dealing with, right? Like mm-hmm. if we're talking about, if we're talking about just like you notice that they're down, maybe just dealing with some like mild levels of depression. Or, you know, just, you know, some of those beginning stages of like, like we kind of mentioned earlier, like something's not right. You're, you're getting a little irritable. You've been this way for a while. I would say first step, maybe just asking them, you know, if it, I know it seems maybe redundant to folks who are like, I, I've been asking them, but this is, some people don't, right? Some people yes. notice the signs and don't say anything. Yes. And I, and I promise you, your friend who's struggling notices. Yes. <laughs> I promise you. They may not say anything. They may not <laughs> even, in theory, know that they want to help themselves, but they do notice that you're noticing and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. So just say something. Yes. Just, hey, I've noticed this. I'm not attacking you. I'm not even here to say that I have an answer. But I do want to talk to you. What's up? Because yes. I care. Yes. And, I mean, and I think, yeah, we definitely all seen the tweets and the memes that's like, your friend that's getting drunk every night isn't just partying for fun. <laughs> like, no, they're right. mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, maybe, maybe, yeah. and... <laughs> and... And <Right>. also... <laughs> like, I also know that you're not too happy with personal life, so can we talk about that? Yeah, Because right. it's cool you want to turn up and maybe you're seeking something there and I'm not here to be your parent, but can we talk about what's really going on? Yes. And just mean them where they're at. Yeah. That might get you more than you realize. So mm-hmm. asking them. Now, if you're asking them and they are still kind of withholding information, you know, maybe they aren't ready to ex- maybe express <laughs> that they need help. Um, At that point, it becomes like, once again, it depends on the severity continue to check in remain available hey what do you need you know if if you do need to just talk if you need to just sit I'm there if you have that capacity maybe it's you um you know knowing that they love 
a specific artist and so you you know you treat them to a album or just do something nice for them and monitor them in that way that might be enough but if they need if you think that they need help like they're at risk of harming themselves or you notice that it's starting to impact how they're functioning right like maybe they aren't going to work or maybe they are you know isolating a lot more than what's even healthy and you're worried about that um I would just say having once again that conversation around have you considered a therapist um and hopefully you've listened to this podcast right in full yeah (laughs) you now have some tools (laughs) but like you know have you considered talking to someone because like that does sound like a lot and I want to make sure that just like if you had diabetes or broke your toe or, you know, needed some kind of other physical medical attention, I would want you to get that care. I want you to take care of your mind and your mental too, you know? And so Mm -hmm. what, what can we do? Um, You know, kind of in that same standpoint, you as a friend need to all, and as a support person needs to think about what capacity you can help this other person. Can Mm -hmm. you, can you talk to them on the phone? Can you go out and agree to take walks with them, especially since it's getting warmer? Can you, you know, what way can you realistically offer your support so you can have that in mind? But then, yeah, make sure that you you can have that conversation around extra support. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really also important to talk about, like, emergency situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into it. What do you do? <laughs> I know we've all heard, you know, oh, Kanye got 5150. So what does that mean exactly? How how do we, you know, what, what do things like that mean? I think a lot of people have a fear that, oh, if I tell my friend or my spouse or my whatever that I'm feeling these feelings, they're going to call the people on me. Yeah, the people. <laughs> and I'm going to be in a straitjacket or at a building or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, like, this is the part that I I also struggle with because it get I mean, it gets really hard, especially as a black, you know, care provider. I see how you're treated, you know, black, queer, mm-hmm. indigenous people of color. Mm-hmm. I see how we're treated in these systems. And it's really, it becomes really difficult for me to give blanket statements because I know mm-hmm that even my experience as a light-skinned femme is going to be different than other people who get put in this system, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I I say all this with a grain, not like a grain of salt, but just with an awareness that once you get into emergency petitions, which is what the 5150 means, is like that you involuntarily detain someone for 72 hours who presents at risk of harm for themselves or others, um, you can basically be held at a, like, invo- like a psych unit, either at a specific, like, inpatient hospital or if it's a, a unit at a medical hospital, essentially. And so you get held there for 72 hours at that time um, from the kind of clinical standpoint there's documentation and paperwork that gets filled out that it essentially expresses why you are at danger of harming yourself or others and then that basically gets taken to court um and mm-hmm. then the court reviews whether or not your claims are enough to hold a person against their will involuntarily so there is a legal process behind it um, but as it, with many of these systems, like, you know, the most marginalized of us don't always have our, aren't really listened to. And so sometimes our actions and behaviors are per- perceived differently from what might actually be going on. we tend to be tended to be seen as more aggressive and violent. Um, research shows that, um, African-Americans specifically are more likely to be diagnosed with, um, diagnoses like schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder, which are typically seen as more unpredictable and violent, and they get mistreated a lot more versus, um, 
you know, or uh, maybe some, maybe someone's just dealing with like the more irritable or angry side of depression or, or uh, bipolar. And so there's a lot of issues there, but basically that's what that means. Um, it is very difficult because I mean, sometimes when people are sick, mental illness can be the more lighter side of like, I'm sad, I need help, or I'm anxious and I need help. I need balance and learning skills to balance these stressors in my life. But it can also mean psychosis Mm -hmm. and people who are genuinely out of touch with reality. They don't know who they are. They're seeing things that maybe other people don't perceive. They're experiencing things that other people don't perceive. Like that's been the, the one of the more amazing and I say amazing, not like, it. oh, wow, this is great. But like, right. amazing, <laughs> like, wow, the human brain is like, yes, yes. You know, the, the like, real. sorry, no, I don't mean to go keep ahead. going, but like, no, it's no, just... no, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> the reality of what we create and can create in our head and people genuinely feel like those things are real, like, mm-hmm. that's real too. Mm-hmm. And so if you're yep. seeing people display like more like psychosis hallucinations delusions like they seem out of touch with reality um i would try those first approaches if you can do so safely right if you don't feel like you're at risk of being harmed but if someone is at risk of harming themselves or someone else um sometimes you have non-emergency lines like (laughs) non-emergency mental health lines that you can call locally Um, I would encourage people um, because it is definitely more regional. So Googling what that non-emergency mental health line would look like to see if you can get care that doesn't come with squads of police cars and, you know, things that can be more activating to someone in crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, And that often come with a mental health professional who you know, we do this shit, right? Like, we're used to yeah. working with what who can be deemed as the most violent individuals in our communities, not because of inherently who they are, but just because of what they might be dealing with at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. we tend to show up and be able to des- de-escalate that situation with um, our own tools so that there can be maybe a safer transition into the most appropriate care environment. Um, But if you can't do that and you see someone that you love and care about who is actively threatening to harm themselves, threatening to harm someone else and has the means to do that and you're genuinely worried, I also do want to remind people that you can still call 911 um, if it's at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. And once again, I would understand why you wouldn't want to. But there are other, um, like I said, consider the non-emergency mental health lines that might be in the area to explain the situation that might get a a safer, um, you know, um, response to you, um, especially Mm -hmm. as a person of color. But at the end of the day, I always kind of think about, too, it's like, okay, I don't. I, you know, I, I feel like I shouldn't make a blanket statement as my first like official podcast <laughs> as a clinical social worker, but you know, I have an aversion to the police as well. You yes. know, I, my first yes. thought is not necessarily to call the police right. when I've yes. been harmed, if I'm being completely honest. And so, but I do want to remind people that some situations might need that. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like if you need immediate care. And it's and it's a life or death situation. Do what you can with the skills that you have. Try that non-emergency number. But if you, you know, if you feel like you need it, I don't want you to risk not calling 911 when uh-huh. someone that you love could seriously be in danger. Um, so I just wanted to kind of say that too. It's it's, it's definitely messy, and I'm I'm open to any criticisms or feedback that I get on this. But <laughs> it's serious. Bro, I feel yes. like I feel like you're on point. I do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, kind of in closing, Asha, what do you? What are the main points you want 
the listeners and people who you know this podcast will reach what do you want those main takeaways to be yeah I would say it's okay to need help especially now it's 2022 it's a pandemic fucking wars everywhere people are idiots losing their minds over slaps you know it's just (laughs) a lot going on in the world and it's okay if you need help sorting through that like it it would honestly be amazing if you didn't need help (laughs) sorting through all of this right so like number one it's okay normalize therapy talk about it Talk about it with your friends if you're getting it. Talk about thinking about getting it with your friends. Just talk about it because there's no shame in in talking to someone about what you need, okay? And um, I would say also really tuning in with yourself, taking time to reflect and meditate um, to really just like, what have you been up to? What's going on with you? How are you feeling? What are you carrying? What are your priorities? Really getting in tune with yourself um, through routine um, so that it is easier to notice when things are off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that you can kind of catch things before they get too big and harder to manage. Um, I would say... Another one that I... I I would say just breathe. It's a separate step because I feel like breath work is actually extremely healing and we don't Mm -hmm. take it for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, Practicing breathing techniques, deep breathing, it can do wonders for your nervous system. It can, one, it slows down your heart rate. It increases the oxygen and your blood flow, which means that all of your you know, organs and, 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 you know, needed um, neurons in your brain are firing and functioning the ways that they need to. Um, it also helps us deep our bodies when we breathe out, kind of like the opposite from what <laughs> a tree does, right. <laughs> um, which I think is kind of cool and interesting when you think about that. And it literally tells your body, hey, you're safe. You can mm-hmm. calm down. You're okay. We don't need to panic right now. We can just slow down. And that can do wonders for people. I also say get outside. Get off of social media. Um, I know I take frequent breaks, especially when I notice myself getting more agitated with people, more reactive with people. If I'm, like, getting sucked in um, online debates, I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm losing myself. I'm losing sight of myself. I'm losing sight of what really matters. Because really, once again, there's so much shit going on in the world. That online shit does not matter. Mm -hmm. It does not matter. And so getting outside, touching grass, (laughs) breathing fresh air, um, getting out of the matrix, okay? Mm -hmm. And, and, And really doing something for yourself that brings you joy, that makes you feel good, that makes you feel free. And lastly, just, and I think all of this kind of goes in with that is like radical self-care. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself, set boundaries, um, delegate any responsibilities that you hold and do so not out of guilt or shame of that you can't do it, but that you're choosing yourself over any of that because truly there's always something to do there will always be something to do a new idea something someone needing something from us and Mm -hmm. prioritizing ourselves and our health and 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 really just mind body and soul our temple that is what's going to help your mental health the most and just following that path so that's what I would say. Um, take it easy on yourselves um, and, and give yourself grace. You're doing yes. some hard shit yes. during a hard time. So and life is hard. Life is, you know, life is hard in general. Mm-hmm. We all trying to figure it out. We have yes. To figure it out as we go. Yes. yes. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we loved having you on. You are obviously yeah. welcome back anytime, all the time. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Thank I'm so you honored. so much. Our <laughs> no problem. Hey, look at me. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate that. So just to let the people know as well, um, I am based in Maryland. I'm starting to open my own private practice. Yes. I'll also be releasing um, coaching um, and kind of more short-term individualized care for people who can't necessarily afford therapy. And so please um, keep in tune. My name on social media right now is Foxy Divine. Um and I also have a website that I'm currently um, rechanging and building called feedyourcuriosity.me. So Ooh, that's a resource yes. where you'll be able to book my services. Um, you'll get information on different topics on mental health and spirituality and tarot and all things really divine on there. And I'm hoping to also build a directory to help people um, basically access different um, resources. It could be even podcast entertainment for Black people of color, especially queer folks, too. So there you go. Wow. We love it. We love it. We love it. (laughs)